This episode is dedicated to the memory and the works of Robin Williams. Yeah, a great actor that unfortunately decided to take his own life after a long battle of depression and drug abuse. So we are very saddened to hear about his passing, and we don't want to go on too much about it, but if you want to hear us talking about him in a slightly more happier tone, please feel free to listen to our Good Morning Vietnam episode. Even if if you've heard it, revisit it, and uh, yeah, my personal favorite of his films, so... Yeah, and one of mine as well. What I believe it was one of the ones that really introduced me to Robin Williams outside yes. of Aladdin. Well, he showed <laughs> the comedy and the drama in one role, and that was years ago before he started getting all the drama roles. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so check that out if you haven't, or revisit it. And uh, yeah. Yes, Robin Williams. We watch a Robin Williams you. movie. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> right, on with the show. Welcome to Bloodbusters Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Paul. And today we're going to be taking on Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Not in a fighting form because we lose, but we will be discussing it in depth. Yes. <laughs> so, so just before we start here, I want to remind everyone you can catch us on Twitter at Bloatbusters. You can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Bloatbusters. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and that's because I forgot to put the S when I initially signed it up and we also have <laughs> I kind of like the sound of it now I'm, I've uh, grown to like that I know me too podcast and we do have a website as well not updated as frequently as I would like but hey uh, I'm busy hey uh, you know what yeah <laughs> that is dot and your home address is my home address is alright <laughs> 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 Alright, so, getting back to the film there, we have this film directed by Mr. James Gunn, probably most well known for his hamster PSA oh, in 1997. please look that up, people. <laughs> please do. That definitely got him this job, I'm convinced now. Yes, yes, hamster PSA 1997 is what you're looking for there. Yes. So, this film, a budget of $170 million, the same budget as Captain America 2, ah. and as of today... It has a box office of 435,485,000 worldwide. It opened, opening weekend in America, made $94.3 million. Almost making, yeah, well, almost made half of their money, or made over half their money back on opening weekend, which is just insane. Now, Captain America 2 had an opening box office of $95 million that opening weekend. Yeah. And for August, this beat the previous record. This is the record holder for biggest August opener. The previous was Born Ultimatum at $69 million for opening opening weekend weekend in August. Yeah, this is the biggest August opener. Just for some perspective, Kevin Smith still can't break the $30 million barrier. (laughs) (laughs) On theatrical run. No, yeah. (laughs) But, to be fair, he does just have a solid fan base. Yeah, so. yeah. Everyone's on board that's ever going to be on board, I Yeah, think. exactly. <laughs> he, will, he will make his money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, how about plots, then? Brian? Oh, Do what have... the heck is this film about? <laughs> I have not the slightest clue. I was just so <laughs> flipping confused. Yeah. No. Uh, actually, it's light years from Earth. 26 years after being abducted, Peter Quill finds himself the prime target of a manhunt after discovering an orb wanted by Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, I, I, I like that. It doesn't really go too far well, into like, it. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is nice. Like, mm-hmm. a lot, I think we said before. A also, lot of there's times, a talking record. Yes. <laughs> I forgot that part. <laughs> I, I'll, start, I'll start out by saying that my wife did not enjoy My wife. This, my Sorry. wife. Uh, she did not enjoy this film as much as I did. Specifically because of the talking raccoon. Now, <laughs> I think she just had trouble accepting the talking raccoon in this. Yeah. I, 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 I did not say anything, but I was definitely giving a very public <laughs> yes, to Paul. Yes. I, I, we're I, not here to discuss <laughs> our opinions on the film. Uh, we're no, here to discuss ours. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to say that that is where she stood on it. You'll see how my opinion differs later. So... 
cast. Mm. We have a bit of a list here. This was quite a quite a lengthy cast, film. yes. So, first and foremost, as Peter Quill or Star Lord, you got Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, he is going to be a movie star now. Yes, I am he convinced. Is. Yeah. <laughs> um, a solid choice, I'd yeah. say. And also married to Anna Faris. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, apparently he now goes around the house and she feels like she needs to call him Star Lord just because of his ego at this point. I would call him Star Lord. Yeah. yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah he is now Star Lord. So, Zoe Saldana. Finally, probably see him. Yeah, finally oh, yeah. someone is accepting <laughs> um, Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana as Gamora. Who is now in three of the biggest like sci-fi action films of like all time now. Yeah. <laughs> very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she has been, and I know this is going to sound racist, but three different colors at this point. Uh, I did have a Facebook, uh, an off-color, <laughs> sorry, the pun there, uh, Facebook post about how she is so gorgeous that she needs to be a different color just to tone it down. And I said, she's been blue, green, blue, and then I stopped. <laughs> Blonde. Blonde. She's been blonde. Uh, So, yes. uh, She's had big ears. That's what I meant to say. That was it, yes. Yes. Big ears. Uh, So, we have Dave Bautista. Is that how you say it? Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista, yes, as Drax the Destroyer. I believe he's not really been an actor unless you count. Well, what he does is really theatrical. I mean, he's a professional, in quotes, wrestler. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that, it's entertainment, and they follow a script. Sorry, yeah, would be believers out there. <laughs> sorry, my brother five years ago. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, Mike Holmes in fourth grade who was convinced <laughs> wrestling is real. No, he really won yeah. that title. Not like boxing. No. Yeah. So I mean, he does, you know, have to play up a role, and yeah. You know, so uh, I'd say he did really good in this as his first. Like yeah. full proper and he's role. genuinely funny. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, he didn't write the lines, but he still has to deliver them and <laughs> you know say them in the proper cadence. And yeah, I mean, he yeah, he, he did well with this character. Yeah, yeah. So moving um, on, moving on, we have Bradley Cooper as Rocket, who is probably I think the breakout role of the film, in my opinion. <laughs> well, I heard a criticism of well, it doesn't even sound like Bradley Cooper. And I said, yes, that's called acting. <laughs> <laughs> You wanted him to sound like his character in Silver Linings Playbook? What what, what were you looking for? Someone you know went to this film and was annoyed that the Rocket character wasn't more like average Bradley Cooper? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I don't know. That he wasn't American Hustle Bradley Cooper, I don't know. I guess, sure. Yeah, that's what I said, I was like so befuddled about it. Yes, it is called acting. It is called doing a good job. voice acting when all you have to play with is your voice yeah I mean yeah. It, it's not him it's <laughs> it's a raccoon that fires quite big guns uh-huh. I mean uh, whatever okay <laughs> only John Benjamin speaks in his normal voice and it works yeah. <laughs> and, well, the... and Tim Curry oh as an animator yeah. as well, a just, voice yeah I mean, t- Tim yeah. Curry those people that just have that voice mm-hmm. that you just can't yeah. change and of course to go alongside Rocket we have Groot being mm-hmm. Vin Diesel with his Five words. <laughs> like five, um, he said, "I am group. We are yep. okay. So are so, yep. Okay. Yeah, he he has multiple lines, yes, but he yes, only yes. has five words. Yes. And I was at first very critical. I mean, I enjoy being critical of Vin Diesel because he's made a lot of piece of shit movies. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. very uh, <laughs> the uh, pacifier. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Like, I can't even keep track of which ones are him and which ones are the Rock. True, <laughs> true. But you know, um, it's like, oh, all he had to do is say three words and get a nice paycheck. But apparently, he did a lot of recording for this. Lots of different inflections. Yeah. Lots, you know, saying lines multiple, multiple ways. Lots and lots of hours in the sound booth. So. Well, I, I mean, to go into it a little bit, he was able to use only three words, and then obviously mm-hmm. at the end, an additional two, to actually make you really like this character. I mean, yeah. Obviously... And like the, the, the whole bit with like uh, Rocket understanding what he's yeah. saying. I mean, that, that's a bit that's been done before, but I still think it really worked well. 
yeah. here. You know, like, what, Lassie? You know, he's trapped yeah. in a well, well, you know. Well, probably uh, the best bit being when they're talking about the chances of success and Groot says, I am Groot. And he goes, what do you mean 11%? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. just, su- uh-huh. Such a corny way of doing it, but yeah, it yeah. just works with those guys. Yeah, yeah. And you really grow to like this character and you even though you don't actually understand what he's saying you kind of grow to start to understand I think yeah he's the uh, the most powerful I think of all the characters um, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah definitely so, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess we can get into him a little more yeah, well, later yeah, what else we'll, do we we'll have on there well where to start let's go with Benicia Del Toro as okay. the collector uh, or his given name Tanalia Tyrion apparently oh, that, that is his character's oh, name and I have a very embarrassing admission when I was watching the opening credits of this film for the first time I saw oh Benicio Del Toro is in this and yes. and I thought that's interesting I never see him in movies at all and like <laughs> he what? that's cool I wonder who he's going to be and I keep looking and keep looking and keep looking and I'm like where the hell is he and the whole time I was thinking of Guillermo Del Toro <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen Benicio del Toro in anything. I forgot he was a person. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were expecting the director of Pacific Rim yes, to turn Pacific up. Pacific Rim and Hellboy one and two, and yeah, in the labyrinth, and yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. And like Guillermo del Toro is going to be in this, and then and then finally when Benicio popped in, I'm like, oh, I've been an idiot. <laughs> So yeah, that was. He was in the Avengers for God's sakes, not much, but he was in it. Okay, <laughs> Mid credit sequence. So when man. he's yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he's like been featured he, in a film, it's been a long time. Like the last thing I think of really is like Twenty One Grams or anything like. True, uh, and also uh, was it Once Upon a Time was that in Mexico? Sean Penn? Oh wait, he was in that. Wasn't he? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so he was the collector. Yeah. Yes, he was the collector. We have, and now that I realize who it was, well cast. <laughs> yes, yes. There you go. Uh, we got Lee Put it Pace. a little weird as Benicio. Sorry, <laughs> or uh, Guillermo. Yeah. Uh, got Lee Pace Lee as Pace. Ronan the Accuser. Mm-hmm. I thought a good character. I don't really know Lee Pace. Really, I don't really know either. Yeah, yeah, but a good choice based on what we saw on the screen. Apparently, he's been in The Hobbit: The Desolation of Smog, and an unexpected journey. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with that. <laughs> uh, we also have Karen Gillan as Nebula, now found of Doctor Who. Probably were very excited to see her in this, and she did a good job, but wasn't on screen very much. Like, no, very limited screen time, and. Given the way that she leaves, she's very clearly coming back because all you see is her cutting off her hand and falling. You don't see the fact that she's dead. You don't see yeah. anything like yeah. So she's, I think, going to be coming back. Maybe not the next one, but the one after, or as a cameo in one of the other. Uh, yeah, I know, like a crossover type the, thing. Yeah. yeah. So I will look out more for that, and I hope she's given more to run with because she is a very good actress, but didn't have much to go on with this one. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a huge cast, and there's just yeah. no time to flesh every character out. But yeah, well, let, let's see. You got without the film being three hours. Yeah, you, know? you got Glenn Close as Nova yeah. Prime. Who also has Ryan. like what two scenes? Maybe yeah, two, three yeah, scenes. she's on screen yeah. for let's say two minutes. If yeah, that, along with John C. Riley. John C. Riley, who was amazing yeah. in his like three scenes as Roman Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't believe anyone's a hundred percent a dick. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. so laugh just thinking about that. Uh, that's, that's the thing. I, I he got my dick message. Yeah. <laughs> I. I enjoy John C. <laughs> Riley sort of doing the straight man type thing. I, I'm not too much yeah. a fan of his over-the-top characters, so I enjoyed oh. him in this one. I love Mason Step Brothers. <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah. Uh, who else have I got here? I've got Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker, Rooker yeah. Rooker Walking Jean, Dead fan. John Du Udomta. And, of course, I looked into it a little bit. James Gunn puts him in basically everything he does. Oh, really? Yeah, he was in Slither. Okay. As well, and I think if James Gunn does the next one, then you can probably definitely expect to see him back. <laughs> and then the great. only other name I have down here is Peter Serafinovich, <laughs> the wonderful Peter Serafinovich, and he was 
kind of a second, just a secondary off character in the core, but mm-hmm. yeah, he really reminded me a lot that. of Kobe Smolders in the Avengers stories. You know, yeah, like she has a little more of a role. Yeah, um, as was it Hill? Is that her name in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But just kind of like a secondary or tertiary in charge, you know, whatever. Almost supposed to be the person that shows you how the Star-Lord character affects people. Because he comes round to his side, he sees he's on the right side, and unfortunately, Mm. spoiler, even though we spoiled several things already, Uh (laughs) does not make it. I want to put it this way, he goes the way of Bishop in Independence Day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah uh, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, a, a little. He's like mid sentence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So unfortunately, no more Darth Maul. No, he will not be back. <laughs> Probably I'm, not. I'm kind of surprised they didn't make a reference somehow. Oh, I don't know. Get a line in there, but yeah, uh-huh. whatever. <laughs> you can't have everything. Mm-hmm. Or just have his lightsaber in the cabin of his. Little uh, ship or something. Yeah, that would have been nice. Or, or giving <laughs> them a helmet. Not obvious, but yeah. very well hidden. A helmet with a couple of horns on. You know, yeah, just... there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the only good thing about that film was Peter Serafinowicz. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the fact that it led to a very nice spaced, like, piss take. You know, it, oh, like, yes, yes, yes. When they yeah. burn all of this shit. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, so that's all you had on there? Yeah. That's all the cast I had written down, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, there, there was more, I just don't have everything else written down. <laughs> I'd like to mention uh, Jaiman Huntsu, who's just a great Afrikaans actor, and he just needs to be in starring roles, because yeah. he's just amazing in everything he does. But <laughs> he was, who Who the heck was it? Korath. Yeah, Yeah. the the guy who was after him at the beginning, right? First, first interrupts uh, Star-Lord as he's taking the orb, yeah. or the Infinity Stone as we now know it to be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, which will be interesting. I've heard multiple theories on where they're going with this. Well, I mean, we've seen Infinity Stones in the other Marvel yeah. films. <laughs> yes, so. we have. And yeah. it seems as though the next Thor film will possibly be the one before the next Avengers... No. I think Avengers is next, isn't well, it? Oh yeah, Avengers is next, and then yeah. the next Thor film mm-hmm. should be having Thanos in it because in Asgard they have the Infinity Gauntlet, which is the glove that holds all five stones. Mm-hmm. All five? Seven? Five? Yeah, it's five. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, so going off the top of my head here, not much research. So, so yeah, so they must need to get it from there. To hold all the stones. So I can only imagine that the next few films, Phase 3, I believe it will be, will consist of Thanos turning up here and there within the other universe, not the universe, the other characters' films, to get the stones or to get the things he needs to go towards Mm -hmm. the ultimate Avengers 3, where he will be basically a god. And they're going to be fighting. Oh, I'm so ready for Age of Ultron. (laughs) Age of Ultron. Uh, Stage 4, though, if you didn't know, is going to be just only Marvel films in theaters. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And you will have to watch them in a certain order. (laughs) The the rest of the studios are just going to give up and be here. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm willing to suffer the loss of independent film as long as Tyler Perry's not allowed to make another one. So that's... I'm okay. It's, you know, you you gain some, you lose some. (laughs) I see. Or, you know, take your pick. Take take another target, you know? Or maybe... Mick G, if if you don't want it to sound racist. (laughs) But this is really reaching, but maybe the way cinemas should start going is start having more independent cinemas and then have people in the area vote on the roster that they want so you can have the actual blockbusters that are out but then you they can have a list of all the independent films and then people can vote for I want to bring this one here so you have more of a yeah, I don't thing. know I, I mean, there's this, too much bureaucracy and red tape in the way of that ever happening well true I mean that's what our houses are for but in my opinion there aren't too many of those out there that everyone no, can and they can't get. really survive yeah so I think that, unfortunately, maybe the more independent people should go more for digital stuff, like getting it out online. Well, yeah, exactly. There's no, I mean, huge risk now. You just release it VOD and make your money that way. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the beach pillows that I talked to the director for, that that one 
was done all online. I mean, I'm sure they had an actual release somewhere yeah. and stuff, but yeah. that one was started out online and did, did quite well. Uh, all right. So, so anyway, getting back to this film. So I just had a couple of bits to mention that I found out about. It, this was filmed in London under the name Full Tilt. And I, beli- I believe that's actually a fairly good... Sounds like a racing <laughs> movie. Kind of. But <laughs> also you can see this as like they're going out or full tilt on mm. this. And it kind of shows. The only other thing I had written down was just a thing that seemed interesting to me. They finished filming on this in October last year. It took them that long to polish it and get all the effects done on it. Wow. Which seemed yeah. to me like there weren't... I mean, obviously there were effect-heavy scenes up, but there didn't seem to be... A huge amount of effects. So well, I'm glad you brought that because I was really blown away with the effects in this film. Because I've said before, I'm sure that I hate <laughs> overuse of effects. Yeah, if it's not serving the story, and you know, like and like great effects artists have said, if you know you don't notice us, then we're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure there are more scenes than you can think of. Oh yeah, uh, but the one where you cannot ignore is I don't know what they call it the the formation the blockade of. Ronin ship, yeah. where all the other small little fighter ships, all, all the ones line in up, the Nova Corps. and that was such a beautiful scene. And someone pointed out to me, um, shoot, I'm not going to remember what it is though. But at one point, it forms an ins- in- insignia. Uh, right. Did you hear this? Uh, I I have not, and I, I wish I look it up. Thought to research that uh, that was relevant <laughs> in the story. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and either they would form in the Nova Corps. I think it might be, yeah, it might be that. But I just thought that was a beautiful scene of them all interlocking and just, you know, and then that stretching, just like how it was like fabric just kind of stretching over the ship and it just looked incredible. Yeah, and it it was really well done. You can see how much, like, the budget was only 170 million. Which, yeah, isn't that crazy high for a Marvel film? Yeah. Yeah, and it, they had all of the people in it as well, so they had to pay for all the actors. And then with the amount that they had left, which wouldn't have been too much because it took three months to film. So, yeah, you know, that's catering and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So that's all that gone. And then they were able to get graphics this good out of it. I mean, as you said, we didn't really notice a lot of it, which means that they're that good now that it looks just as real as the actual set. So Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, <laughs> most scenes you are seeing effects because Groot and Rocket are in them. But. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Groot and Rocket didn't look like your CG characters the way that ten years ago they obviously would have been. So wow. it's, it's all coming in really well. I still think if you had the money, you could make them look good ten years ago. Think of Gollum. Well, uh, true. And the, the Rings films. Yeah, but... As you've said before as well, if you follow Gollum through the film, oh, you can yeah. see him getting better. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, and then the first uh, Fellowship, he's just eyes, dark eye, uh, yeah. eyes in the dark. <laughs> Peter Jackson knew the technology would be better. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, we can't show how crappy he looked. <laughs> we don't want Ghostbuster effects. <laughs> and then. Sure. <laughs> which were crazy good effects at that time. Which yeah, they were. But... It's really sad to think about now. <laughs> Well, that you can do in five minutes on your computer. Yeah, it's one of those things where obviously the technology is allowing you to do more, but I would say that whatever House did to the graphics for this, they need to be given the Marvel effects, I think, at this point. <laughs> like they, they just need they to. They were incredible, all. yeah. And I guess if we should go into the effect characters then, so Groot and Rocket, possibly one of the best double teams of all time at this point. Like... Definitely humor-wise, yeah. <laughs> uh, they were the perfect comic relief for the mm-hmm. film. You've got Rocket, who is just you know, fast-talking, supposedly selfish, but yeah, you know, does have the heart there. And then you've got Groot, who is the obvious lady, exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Kind of your Laurel and Hardy, as it were, of, yeah. uh, of space. Like he says in the present, you know, this is my muscle, you know. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, also a very good way of getting that character established in that they go to prison, they're immediately approached by, like, the head guy of the prison, mm-hmm. and Groot just very quickly <laughs> puts him in his place. Yes, uh, that seemed to be a thing. Like Any character that can grow out tendrils and stuff kind of does that. You even see it in things like, what was it, Men in Black 2, that titan of cinema, where the... 
alien comes down to earth and is made up of like wriggly snakes and stuff and she just puts her snakes <laughs> I, through yeah. people's noses and stuff like that like it's uh, yeah when you have that kind of uh, ability I guess you're hmm. you're a little limitless yeah what he's capable of so <laughs> oh, there we go <laughs> yeah. he does seem to just gain powers left and right and I'm fine with that <laughs> yeah just, yeah like you know one line when did you learn to do that <laughs> I am <moved>. yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. Um, I did hear another podcaster say that Zoe Saldana was a little more hardcore in the comics. Well, probably. I mean, and, she is someone yeah. who was created into an assassin, yeah. kind of the same way her mm-hmm. uh, not adopted so, not so uh, lovelorn or you know like obvious heroine, yeah. you know, t- type character. Yeah, but, uh, it's one of those things where if they'd stayed totally true to the mm-hmm. comics. That scene where she's being attacked by a couple of inmates, yeah. she could have incapacitated them immediately. They're, like there mm. was no real fight there, but they needed yeah. to have that. And she, she should have, uh, you know, used the Rorschach line: "I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have well, been great. That, that would have been nice. I do like. That. Yeah. Well, uh, shall we get to what is probably like the quintessential Rocket thing, being that? When he gives out the list of things that he needs, and one of them just being oh, for the prison break, yeah, and, yeah. and one of them just being, I don't need that guy's leg. And then five minutes later, he hands over the leg and he's like, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see if you can do it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And then the callback with the eye. Yeah, later. I need yeah. that guy's eye. We do not need that I, guy's eye. I really want it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really want it. Yeah, we don't need as well. Yeah. You get to see just this character is just having fun with what he's doing, yeah. he, and it's it's you want that, especially in comic book film, because mm-hmm. if you ever read comic books, yeah. these guys just have fun most of the time well, when they don't need to yeah. be. I'll say, uh, I think I told you before the we started recording that he was my. I think the funniest character for me, or at least funniest yeah. line, I would say. Second funniest, I would say, for me, was Drax. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. But yeah. yeah, I wasn't paying attention. I was, I was thinking of something else. Yes. <laughs> that brought, I see. I saw the film twice in theaters, and that brought the house down both times. Number one laugh for me was when they're all like, okay, we're all going to do this suicide mission, and Rocket's still sitting there and still sitting there, and finally yeah. he stands up on the box and all right, we're all standing in a circle. <laughs> a bunch of jackasses standing up, <laughs> standing in a circle. That was, that's what I love about this because other Marvel films have to be taken a little more seriously, you know, and they have to do those kind of prerequisite things you need in action films to do. Like, okay, let's all get on board. They actually comment on those things as they yeah. happen in the film. Yeah. Well, it's the sort of thing where this being widely accepted says to me that if they were to make, and they apparently will at some point, a Deadpool film, that they can make it and actually have Deadpool be Deadpool. Like, Deadpool, if you don't know, is well known for always breaking the fourth wall. And he is not only immortal and has the regenerative powers of Wolverine, but the things that were done to him to make him that way have made him insane. Like, and so, so I have zero familiarity right. with Deadpool. So, so. so basically yeah. him breaking the fourth wall is the idea of he has been driven insane, but through that knows that he's in a comic book and therefore will talk to the reader. That's not part of his insanity. He no, knows that, that to be yeah, true. That, yeah. just, just because he's insane, it also means he's the only one that knows they're in a comic. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of his humor comes from the fact that he is either insane or talking straight to the audience, which means that the film... Like Zach Morris saying freeze and then talking. and then Pretty around. much, yeah. <laughs> but not horrible. No, yeah. So it's... Wow, what a reference there. That's been, yeah, I don't want to say about the bell kick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's the thing of the audience is now at a point where we can accept stuff like that and DC is still tripping over Wonder Woman. It, I, I, yeah, DC just needs to get their shit together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a podcast I listened to called Remember When. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the reasons I actually really started talking to you about doing this was listening to those guys. And they had a thing where one of the guys in it said that what he believes DC needs to do is to get these films out where they're individual film and 
be okay with only making an okay first film to get the introductions and then start doing what Marvel did and start bringing them all together whereas this first phase if you want to call it that of yeah. DC they've done Man of Steel which was meh you know, it was okay but it was not, no, nothing yeah. brilliant and this new film coming out is basically their introduction of Batman but what they've done is made it Superman versus Batman oh and here's Wonder Woman <laughs> like I just it's gonna be horrible yeah it's, I'm kind of excited for it but it's not gonna be good it's kind of sad that the best we can hope for from arguably at this point based on how they're doing the second most well known comic book mm-hmm. franchise is I really hope I'm wrong with you guys like you don't want to go in with that you want to go yeah. in with oh I'm excited to see this character not I really hope you guys do better than I think you're going to yeah Which... I mean I was starting to come around on Affleck and thinking I was interested to see him in his own Batman film yeah and that's not what we're gonna get no and so it's kind of a shame to him if he his performance ends up being good it's I think it's going to be overlooked by all the muddled aspects yeah. that are going to be in it I'm yeah, sure yeah but by the fact that it's going to be like there's going to be so much going on it's going to be Iron Man 2 which was still a decent film but it had so much going on in it yeah too many too many yeah, things trying to introduce too many characters trying to follow too many plot lines kind of your Spider-Man 3 as well where too many villains and just not enough screen time for all of them like there, there needs we don't have time for me yes. to go into Spider-Man 3 right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> Staying alive is all I'll say there. Because I wanted to die. Yes, yes. When I heard that. <laughs> Alright. Alright, so what do you think brought this film into the public eye and so many people I mean, wanted to go see it? I mean, this very easily could have just... I remember just like seeing a picture and I'm like, oh, this looks stupid. You got a <laughs> raccoon, a tree... <laughs> and, you know, like a green chick and a big guy well, and a, I, a I, hero. I will say and the fact that I knew there would be a talking raccoon and a walking tree in a Marvel universe, yeah. that was enough to make sure I was going to see it. Well, once I saw the trailer, I was in. Because, <laughs> I mean, like I, like I said, it is, it is the anti-Marvel Marvel film. Yeah. It's, you know, it breaks all the rules. And, like I said, very easily could have come off super cheesy and the yeah. which just, it, it kind of was well, there not was really but I mean there are fans of this film but I want to make a parallel to like uh, Mystery Men true something like that where it's very 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 silly I wanna, and I don't think it ever leaves that realm well, um, I want to this can stand alone as a great action movie as a great comedy but <laughs> yeah. well, I, I want to throw something out there for it I feel like this film is sort of Marvel's Firefly as it were the, it is the collection of characters the humour that underlies it mm-hmm. and the situation these guys find them in I mean, it's yeah all... it's a little of a space western you know yeah. and the way that Firefly very obviously made that yeah. clear what that's what they wanted to be this is the kind of thing of it's the outsiders coming together yeah. and working you know, well, well, like team. Quill says at one point we're all losers yeah. <laughs> and they're like what well we've all lost something yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. we're all losers <laughs> we're all losers <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> The twelve percent chance—it's better than eleven. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, like the, it's one of those things where you're starting to see it more as well—the like underdogs binding together to overtake mm-hmm. the thing. But these guys don't necessarily have someone that they're trying to be better than. These guys mm-hmm. are just trying their best to save everyone. Well, and it was a very easy, very convenient plot device to get them together. It didn't take, like I said, I love the Avengers. It's probably now dropped down to my third favorite Marvel right. film. <laughs> okay. But that took so long setting up. This, they get in prison very easily. They have to work together to fight to get out. And also, they they, they want to sell this orb. And they'll all split it four ways. And that's yeah. all. That's the plot at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And there's no other reason for them to be together. No, yeah. And, right. Well, this is one of those things where I love the fact that this film brought these guys together. And now we're going to see... I don't know if they're going to do it as Guardians of the Galaxy 2, 3, 4, or mm-hmm. if they're going to have these characters branch off and show up in other mm-hmm. Marvel things. But what we're going to do now is definitely see more of their backstory. So maybe we'll get one where... Yeah, I'd like to see Drax's world. and that, you know. And... Yeah, I, I, I have looked a little into the character backstories just because I wanted to mm. get a little fleshing out 
outside yeah. of the universe and then to be able to see how true they stick to it and there's certainly some flashbacks of Nebula and Gamora Gamora yeah before they were turned into super assassins you know yeah when her, her real father and then of course I think everyone would be perfectly happy to see more Baby Groot Baby Groot <laughs> yeah I could definitely yeah. Baby Groot yeah I mean it, it's one of those things that either you love the fact that they just had that extra thing in there or you were like, okay. Yeah, well, apparently, uh, from what I've heard, I, you know, I'm not a comic guy. I just I have nothing against them. I just, I'm why be a comic guy now? <laughs> you know, why start now? But I'm sure I'll get plenty of answers. Oh, yeah. that. But um, but apparently, like this happens a lot. Like Groot just getting blown to bits, and then and then, come and then uh, Rocket Raccoon has him in like a plant or whatever. Yeah. So why was he so sad that he thinks Groot is dead? Well, and. This could be... If he be. knows, you know, well, all he has to do is plant a part of him and that he'll regenerate. Well, that's the thing. Either he might not know that, and so this was the first time and he just did it mm-hmm. just to have something to remember yeah. him by, and then it turns out this is how you get him back. Or it could be, and again, I don't know that much about him. I haven't looked too far into it, but it could be kind of like Doctor Who in that you can bring him back, but each time it's kind of... A different group. You know, you've got, they've got to rebuild the, the friendship, as it were, and he's got to get to know him again. So it could be he was mourning the death of that friendship, and now he's got to build it up again. Maybe. I don't know. But, <laughs> based on the little dancing Groot, which I think kind of eclipses the oh, dancing Oh, coming baby. to source soon, I'm sure. Oh, it, <laughs> it's in source now. Are they? Yes. The dancing Groot? Yes. So, you know how much I love this film? I almost bought a talking Star-Lord action huh. figure. Okay. I have not bought an action figure <laughs> in 15, 20 years. <laughs> no. I had it in my hands. And then I said, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, he said six lines? Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm like, put it back. Put it yeah. back. You don't need to spend $29 on this. Yeah. What, one of those ones that you get to till and you just put it by the side. You yeah, know, I'm uh, just going to put this over by the beef jerky here. And <laughs> proceed. Which, yeah. yeah, just going into just talking about that. Like, It's always fun at the supermarket to go to the tills and you just see those things on the side. It's like, what conversation went on in their heads to like... <laughs> I really don't need I just this. want to know their other purchases that trumped that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was it essentials like toilet paper and toiletries or things? <laughs> or was it just like three cases of beer? <laughs> uh, like, oh, well, I could put one of the cases of beer back. Oh, I didn't get this. No, no. Yeah. No, I want all the beer. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to see how far they're going to go with this Guardians thing. Because there's a whole bunch of stuff. The director of the next film has come out to say that they are not going to make Star-Lord's father who he is in the comics. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have on fans of the character Mm -hmm. and how much they're going to be willing to go with it. But I do think at this point that people are not only willing to go with comic book films, but also willing to go with alternate storylines. Yeah. And willing to accept that these films are their own thing. Which is something that I think DC Comics are going to struggle with because the characters aren't built up enough Mm -hmm. for them to say, I'm okay with this being separate. They're going to say, well, I'd rather you either went with this is the backstory as it is in the comics, which, to be fair to some characters, they have so many retcon backstories, Mm -hmm. which one do you go with? Or, I just want a solid character and I I won't mind the backstory. And it seems that DC hasn't found that yet. They haven't found the line. Well, I mean, the the Nolan trilogy was the one shining gem. Yeah. And that is now gone. Well, that's going to be their biggest obstacle, is obviously DC owns Batman. And if they're trying to follow Marvel's footsteps, they have this huge hurdle, which is that Batman trilogy was a complete standalone thing that fully gave you this character. Yeah. Like, the only way that it it's would work... It's the exception to the DC rule yeah, now. Like, the only way that it would work is if they got Joseph Gordon-Levitt to be Batman and said it was a continuation. It's what you need to do. It's <laughs> like, what you need to do, yeah. I, I don't care... If, no, I mean, obviously, I'd love Nolan to reconsider and direct again, but yeah. uh, if you carry that canon through, I think that's their best bet. Yeah, and unfortunately, that would mean they'd have to have no Catwoman. Yeah. Because Catwoman, got they would have to have mm-hmm. no Joker. Yeah, no Joker. Or... But Joker. the Batman universe, there is no shortage of villains. Yeah, everyone thinks it's you know just Joker, Riddler, Two Face. 
No, yeah, yeah, and I, like, and then second tier Ivy and <laughs> and uh, Bane and true, yeah. but I would say the Joker is the iconic Batman villain. Yeah, so they, they would need to come up with. I don't think you need Lex Luthor in a Superman movie. You don't need, no. you know, you, you you don't. Or that's what we're talking about. You need to change the rules. Yeah. You just, just thinking that single mindedly that well, you have to have the Joker. You don't. Yeah. But no, you, you show you showed in Dark Knight Rises. You don't. No, you definitely don't. It's it's one of those things of it's going to be a thing of everyone's going to want him, especially because of how he's legend did it. And I know that there are still people that say Jack Nicholson's Joker was better. They might be wrong. Those but people still... <laughs> are missing brain cells, and you shouldn't talk to them. They shouldn't be your friends. But... Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm saying those people are out there. Uh, and Give then, me their addresses yeah. right now. Uh, but with these films, like maybe you should have Lex Luthor showing up in the Batman film as a rival businessman. And so using that, you then see him turn up in the next Superman film as a villain, not necessarily the villain. Like, you know, So he's a character that... Because Lex Luthor is what? Probably the biggest villain for Superman on Earth, or from mm-hmm. Earth, I should say. And so what they should do with that is build him up as a character but not have him take up all the screen time in the Superman film like build him up as a character in other DC films and then have him be the main villain in one of the Superman mm. films and I just wrote or have a Superman movie now okay so, here we go Clark Kent gets knocked on the head with something gets amnesia so gets he's Superman okay <laughs> so, so knocked on the head with a meteorite which has a little bit of kryptonite in it, therefore hitting him hard enough and giving him enough radiation to be able to do that. Yes, <laughs> something yeah to cause yeah amnesia, you know, or knocked out in space and hit. Slowly, hits you know, not a child <laughs> learning his powers like Smallville, yeah. or uh, you know, like the brief scenes in Man of Steel where he's learning yeah. to oh. you know respect that. Oh, but where he's a grown little... man yeah. and people are trying to kill him, Lex Luthor or whatever, you know, yeah. and. He's like, you have to be... Uh, yeah, there you go. DC, it can't be worse than the shit you're doing now. <laughs> you can have that one for free. Just make yeah. me a good movie. I, I, that one would only work as like a second or third yeah. film because the people would have to know he was Superman to stand a chance of that working outside yeah. of, oh, I just got hit by a car and it well, didn't Well, you could me. have the scene of him looking in the closet. Why do I have nine of the same uh, Halloween costume? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? What's it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well. Right. <laughs> I think, uh, should we uh, steer the train back on track from our DC rant? Sure. <laughs> um, I wanted to... Uh, We'd be very remiss if we didn't discuss the soundtrack of this film, I think. Yeah. Um, a, a soundtrack of pretty much just 80s. Seven, really, mostly late 70s well, films, yeah, because that, it was music his mother listened to. True, and he got to it give in it the 80s. Yeah, so he so. got it in the 80s. Uh, so most of it is late, mid to late 70s music. But I almost bought the soundtrack, soundtrack just based on the film. Like, oh, every time I listen to this, I'm going to think it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a great soundtrack. There's so many great pop songs on it. And just that... Um, you know, after he's abducted, that opening scene of him just, you know, strolling into the forbidden, or the empty planet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, desolate planet. And just, you know, just dancing around and kicking the little monster things yeah. around. And <laughs> singing into the one. It's like, you're immediately into the film. Yeah. And you're, you're just on board. But you're into the film and you know what this character is. Like, yeah, and that music just helps that so much. Yeah. And then, you know, with the, when he's distracting Ronan, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. are you doing? <laughs> distracting you, but yeah. or whatever. And um, throw, like throwing the lasso. I mean, like, yeah. no, no, okay, bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> well, uh, and, and, of course, what they've done, rather brilliantly, even if they had no intention of it being this way, but they have a soundtrack for the second movie now. Because, at the end, oh, he, opens course, yeah. a, he opens a print. Now... The big question is, had he read the letter before but not opened the present? Or had he opened the present before? Uh, He had read the letter but not the present. That's the thing, because clearly he got Star-Lord from Mm -hmm. the letter. Yeah, that's why it was so... You think it's his ego that he wants to be called Star-Lord. It's to honor his mother. 
Yeah. Um, her, her memory, that's who he wants to be yeah, called Because his mother calls him Star-Lord Which, at the end. major spoiler, he <laughs> is yes. a Star-Lord. Yeah, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, I did want to get into that. But real quickly, um, we touched on it when he's singing, what, Ooh Child, is that song? So, oh, you know, when he's, uh, yeah, distracting Ronan. Someday, yeah, <laughs> things are gonna, yeah, get easier. Um, I thought... At least, maybe you can do this too. Um, I want to circle back to yeah. this, but hard to nitpick on this. But least yeah. favorite part of this film felt very forced when Ronan said the title of the fucking movie. Yeah, you're the guardians. You think you're the guardians of the galaxy or something? And I was like, yeah, tiny groan, tiny yeah. groan. Not a big groan, but a tiny groan. And I just felt like they really felt like they had to get that in there. And I don't well, think you did. I don't think you needed to say the title of the damn movie. Well, it's. I guess it's a question of, and not knowing the comics very well, did he in the comics give them the moniker? In which case, it would make sense to have it in the film, even if it is a bit of a grow. Yeah, that's. I will concede that. Right, so, um, so I, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. If I now go and read the comics, and it turns out that isn't the case. Then it's like, okay. Oh, what were your feelings? Did you think it was a little forced? Or I, you didn't mind it at all? I or? understood that it was probably the, a note from the studio or something. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. the, the I know what movie I'm watching. I bought the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I didn't think I was going to go see some drama. Well, the, the only thing I would say is maybe if they hadn't played it the way they had. Like, maybe if what it had been was another character uh, stopping at it. They should have said, uh, you, you have Groot go, I am Groot, and I could say, we are the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either that, or maybe having Peter Zofinowitz's character throwing it off in yeah. score. But the fact that it was the main villain at a major point. Or maybe John C. Riley when he gives him back his ship or ever say, go guard our galaxy or something like that. Yeah. And, and we'll, yeah, we'll be the, the Guardians of the not, Galaxy. Not as on the head. A little more organic. Yeah. Maybe. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I was okay with it. Did you it, have a least favorite part? Of a least the favorite film? part. Um, I don't something know. Something that just didn't play. Uh, I don't know if I had something that didn't play. But I, what I said earlier in the fact that the character of Gamora, if she was more like she was in the comics, that scene of her getting stuck in the prison yeah. just was, was a little. You're supposed to be the best assassin in the universe and you're mm-hmm. having trouble with four guys in a prison. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, that seemed a little, mm-hmm. okay, someone else is going to be doing a plot point here. <laughs> yeah. That seemed the most yeah. forced to me. And I will I will agree that the main villain saying Guns of the Galaxy at a major point, like, that was forced, but... I kind of thought that might go that way, especially since he was a very theatrical so villain. so many other great things in this film. To focus <laughs> on that one little thing is yeah. to not honor the film properly. No, yeah. But <laughs> I just felt like I had to bring that up because I was like, meh. <laughs> and the yeah. second time I saw it, I knew it was coming. I was like, meh. Yeah. And then Star-Lord repeats it. We were, yeah. you're damn right or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, maybe that's why that was in there, so mm-hmm. that they would have that uniting point mm-hmm. like, yeah. like obviously they unite in the ship when they agree to go through it but this is their stand this is them being the guardians of the galaxy so yeah and like, they all stand together and they all yeah. take the force of the infinity yeah. stone and, that should kill mere mortals yeah. Yeah. and so yeah two things number one in the comics you do find out that star lord's father is from an ancient yes, race. Yes, thank you. I didn't want to get to the Star-Lord dad spoilers <laughs> as I had them highlighted. Yeah, yes. so, uh, uh, which uh, Yondu was originally hired at the beginning of the film to bring him to, to, his, bring father. Him to his father. That's, now, yeah. now, the thing is, obviously, he is a member of an ancient race mm. in the comics, and they have stated that his father in the movies is not going to be the same person. They haven't stated whether or not he's going to be from the same race or not. Well, you know, and uh, Mother Dying says you're Dad was an angel. Yeah. And, you you know, at that time you're supposed to think, oh, a, a genuinely good-hearted person. Yeah. Or Even a though great he's not person. around. Yeah, so. yeah, your father was an angel. And I'm sure, I've talked to some people that did not put that together until the point where they're showing at the Nova Corps or whatever, yeah. Star-Lord's so makeup. The they're like, oh, we have something, you aren't completely Terran, you know, or not completely from Earth. Yeah. And I'm sure you had... Did you know that beforehand, or did, I, was that the reveal for I you didn't, as well? I didn't know it beforehand. Or that's what made you think back to that scene then. Yeah, I mean, well, well, it was a point of going through... 
the guy just being from Earth is actually boring if you think about it for like going further with it and going through the film I was thinking like this guy is not going to be just from Earth uh, but I have no idea where his other half could be from I just say it worked amazingly well in The Last Starfighter okay (laughs) (laughs) he was just from Earth from a little trailer park and he saved the freaking universe alright true but he wasn't he wasn't a member of a galactic Yes, he was. Um, <laughs> yes, I was like, where are you going with this? Because you're wrong. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Like, it works in the in that one film, and maybe if they'd have made more, they could have mm-hmm. gone with it. But yeah. in this universe, there's no way he would have just been human. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, that, uh, my I, question was, you I was, knew I was anticipating. Well, yes, you knew that he was. Yeah, something but was different about him. I wasn't like any less mm-hmm. into seeing the scene. So I talked to one person that didn't realize it until a second viewing. When a second viewing, second viewing that they said, you know, or when she said your dad's an angel, but immediately when they showed his biochemistry, that made me think back right. to that scene. Yeah, because so it, like, it's such a yeah, you're a not thing where what from this earth. Yeah. Well, and even to start with, like the fact that she is so defending this guy that just left. There's two yeah. things that it could be. Number one, he died, yeah. which clearly isn't the case. Number two, there's something we don't know yet. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's what it had yeah, to there be. There are other reasons he can't be here. Yeah. <laughs> it was something mm-hmm. that I was anticipating, and I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it. Because if he is able to hold that much energy, then clearly it's a, a race that can do stuff like that or was an ancient powerful race which it was in the comics so where are they going to go with it and I hope they're not going to go the cop out route of giving him slightly extra abilities because of no it. no no it's Is yeah it, I don't that think would be a Marvel big mistake. no no I don't think so I'm just looking forward to seeing the character just needs to stay the same way he's very yeah. uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward uh, to seeing the expanded universe of this. I mean, obviously there's an expanded universe within Marvel anyway, but I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing this side of the universe. Mm-hmm. Although they're probably going to end up at Earth at some point. Yeah, and I would like to see uh, his relationship with Gamora expanded. Yeah. That was, I don't know, that was, I thought, some of the greatest humor as well. I mean, also, you know, when he leaves his pod to go save her. Yeah. Another great effect scene, by the way, with yeah. the skin kind of starting to peel. Yeah. And, you know, that was, that and puts his well helmet on her, you know, and then, you know, perfect... Peter Quill character I was so heroic (laughs) that was really a brave thing of the yeah whatever he says but uh, and then you know when they're almost gonna kiss and uh, one of the best she got one of the best lines with uh, your pelvic sorcery (laughs) (laughs) your pelvic sorcery (laughs) are you gonna be using that one now Uh, yeah you're gonna be referring to yourself (laughs) yeah one of those things where this was kind of the underdog in that no one really knew outside of the the comic book readers. No one knew these characters going in, and no, Marvel yeah, I, did I heard of it, yeah. Marvel did so well at not overplaying it, mm-hmm. and then just letting people go and see yeah. it and building these characters. I in. think they knew, yeah, <laughs> they had to hit <laughs> all their heads before it ever hit the theater. Oh yeah, uh, sure. yeah. And it, it's one of those things of I want DC to sell the rights of their characters to Marvel, just so I can see Marvel's. Take <laughs> I want to see them. a good Justice League film, <laughs> uh, not yeah. a horrible. Uh, yeah, I, if I, they're I, even ever going to make the Justice League film, well, I, uh, I perfectly understand that. DC owns the rights to Justice League, and the Justice League is a little more dark and dreary than your Avengers and stuff like that but I still want Marvel to do it (laughs) (laughs) yes yes they should sell the rights I Mm -hmm. I want to see Joss Whedon do the Justice League because I think he could he could pull it off and I just want to see the characters done right and I think DC is kind of fumbling right now especially given that (laughs) this film did so well with characters no one knows about exactly and I think a large part of this was word of mouth too I mean just me myself I've told tons of people to go see this film people that I don't have any interest in comic book films I've told parents to take their kids to this film if they're of the right age it's what PG-13 there's a couple of shits and yeah, I, uh, it, and there's some. It's fairly violent. 
Again, go, going I mean, into... Groot does spear like ten dudes at once and whips them back and forth in a hallway. Uh, yeah. so. <laughs> but they're all faceless people that you don't. Yes, <laughs> they're all saying. henchmen, and they uh, all need to die. Anyway. I, it, it's so. one of those weird things, like going into a cinema rating thing. Of I do think that every film should be something that, say, a parent would see, and then they decide if their kid can handle it based on how their kid is. Mm-hmm. There are some eight-year-olds that could handle, let's say, an English fifteen, and then there are some twelve-year-olds that might not handle the PT-13 just because they're, they're not at that point in the yeah. development where they can handle it. So, Well, I, I think that the world we're living in now, I think most kids would be fine seeing yeah. this film. Yeah, much, I'm sure they've already been exposed much worse on their tablets. And <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I think, let's say, all films should be PG because it's parental guidance. I think all films, <laughs> all films should be... Obviously, if you're, let's say, PG, and then you have 18, where you have your very violent, very gory, very all of this stuff, like that can be an 18, but then everything under that can be PG, because your parent can decide if you can see it. Like, and, and go watch uh, the documentary, This Film Is Not Yet Rated, which exposes just the complete idiocy of the MPAA. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because it's like nine old guys that just get grumpy when there's a boob well, and <laughs> well, not necessarily <laughs> it's you know i'm oversimplifying yeah but yeah it, it is one of those it's weird very things. there's no real science to it well, it's no, very you know well compare it to the english or, thing the english one you have a council of people there's typically two or three guys that watch the film and then based on the guidelines they have enforced they will decide where this film goes and if you need mm-hmm. to edit it they will give you those guidelines yeah. whereas the MPAA over here not only is it voluntary but if you don't go to it you won't be in any cinema in the US outside of art houses but also if they give you a rating they won't tell you what to cut you have to go back yeah you have to yourself. guess and say I guess we need three less seconds of that sex scene we'll take out one shit uh, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, hope that cuts the mustard you know it's one of those weird things where in the US the rating system is so messed up and so opinion based based solely on who is in yeah. there at the time it's just guesswork there's no science to it like I said it's just Feeling your way around, yeah. which yeah, is so once, arbitrary. Which is why I'm for. happy with the rating this film got because it means yeah. that the kids can go and see it, yeah. even though mm-hmm. there might be some things in it, like there's some language that some people would have said, "Oh, I think this should be." And I don't think personally, I don't think I would have enjoyed it if it was an R. If it, was, uh, I think no, it, I, it this was, film didn't need to be ultra violent and ultra sexy and you no, know ultra I, bloody. And, yeah, whereas I'm going to go and see. Sin City 2 and, I'm, and that's not what I fully expect out of that film exactly <laughs> that is, that's what I want from Sin City 2 that's what we want yeah uh, I don't know I think we've droned on about DC and yeah. the uh, MPAA yeah, long enough yes in this Guardian of the Galaxy thing we have gone into rival stuff in there but I, I think that that is one of the things that this film is going to do now it's going to open dialogues into well why can't we get better DC Film. nothing against DC as a company just what they're doing with their merchandising and what we can actually accept as a modern cinema going audience like we're willing to run with these things if you're willing to take a chance on it so I, exactly. I really want to see more of this type of thing yeah uh, should we really quickly discuss the end of credit scene? I think we should. Yes. <laughs> Personally, for my age, uh, I feel like this film really spoke to my age anyway. Because right. if Star-Lord or Peter Quill would be a little older than me, he'd be about my brother's age, about three or four years older than right. myself. Yeah, in his 30s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, really influenced by the 80s, by the films of the 80s, by the music of the 70s and 80s, what your parents were listening to. Like, I loved 70s music yeah. and why I still do is because it's what my parents played. It's what my <laughs> parents still listen to. Because yeah. <laughs> there is know. a point where you just stop taking yes, new ones. But they don't make good music anymore. You know, <laughs> I'm just going to stop at 1979 and never listen to anything else. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I completely lost my train of thought there. But um, so, oh, I did want to make a point. You know, like he is abducted in '88, so that's all the influences he has to go on. Yeah, all the films he ever saw. Up until 1988. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so as a kid. So that end scene for me was perfect. I've heard people be really disappointed. Oh, you didn't introduce a new Marvel character. You didn't, you know. You don't need it, to. Introduce, 
Um, so yes, go ahead and say who it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was the collector sitting in the shell of his destroyed section, yes. being comforted by these cos- uh, Cosmo, the cosmos, right? the space dog. Yeah, who supposedly can talk, right? I hear he can, but I think they didn't want to go into. Okay, that. yeah, <laughs> and then being somewhat heckled by Howard Howard the, the Duck, Duck. <laughs> <laughs> one of the finest films of the eighties. Oh boy, does that thing not hold up? <laughs> yeah. Now, now it's one of those things where the director came out and stated that if you stayed, you were getting just a Marvel fanboy scene and that mm-hmm. is what you got yeah also and this is really going into the comics and this is something that was uh revealed to me through looking online and looking at the comments up there is something in the background where technically they did kind of give you a possibility for a marvel character because when you go and see the place before it gets blown up there is a cocoon there is a character that goes through a metamorphosis, and that is the cocoon he is in. In the end scene, that cocoon is open. Mm-hmm. And this guy is one of the many bad guys that you get throughout that universe. The Marvel-verse. Yeah. yeah. So it can be seen as, oh yeah, it's a fun thing, plus also possibly setting up at some point in the future this new bad guy that only people that really know the canon will see. Yeah. But yes, yeah, Howard but, the Duck. But I had people worried like, oh, is Howard the Duck going to be in Marvel movies? I'm like, no, you don't need to worry about that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was just a gag. Yeah, it, it's a little laugh. Easter egg that, yeah. that you know, apparently Howard the Duck does feature in some of the comics randomly as Easter eggs. So the fact that they had it in mm-hmm. here was just a fanboy thing. And oh. I I liked it. I liked the fact that they didn't take the end of credit scene to be what are we going to tease? It's just a here you go, have yeah. fun. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the it. film is. Really, exactly. I would say. That's why I, it was perfect for the film. It's the anti Marvel Marvel end scene. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. just the whole film was. And, it, and the mid credit scene being the little dancing Groot. Being mm-hmm. a little self-aware dancing group, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. And then it, that I think led people thinking, okay, so then, so there must be something at the end setting something up. It's like, no, this is just too well, fun. And how sad is it now that Marvel is known for these that now people expect, you know, yeah. something, you know, for a natural progression into the next Marvel film, you know, exactly, just, like with the uh, what was it, the twin? Was that the yeah, Captain? The, the twins was America? at the end of Captain America. Captain America, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that, that was even mid credit scene because people have, uh, I think the people mm-hmm. there have started to realize that what they need to do is put their slight spoiler ones in the middle of the credits mm-hmm. so that people aren't staying all the way, like, yeah. even though there are some extra things at the end. Mm-hmm. I but, thought it was perfect. Yeah, it, it's going to be fun to see what Marvel will do next. I mean, I, I think Marvel from here on in is going to be the studio that will make the blockbusters. Like, it used to be Universal that brought in Steven Spielberg to make a big blockbuster, and now it's just going to be Marvel. Marvel's yeah. going to be your and summer And it seems film. like they, they really know... I think the director is really... In, hear me out on this. The director is insignificant. In that fact, it's like the name. Because uh, yeah. I now trust Marvel to in that studio to make the selection because James Gunn really not known by many people slither by your horror fans and you know yeah. a couple other things hamster PSAs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they trust this guy and he delivered yeah and they seem to know what they're doing and... I would never have put Joss Whedon on to do something as huge as the Avengers well but they, they found yeah. they seem to find people that Right fan material. Like, think. You've yeah. got to be a fan of the material to be able to do it justice, and that's what these guys are. So yeah. they're doing well selecting mm-hmm. them, even if they're not your Steven yeah. Spielberg, and thankfully not your Michael yes. Bay. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Michael <laughs> Bay. Yeah, you're not. You're never getting a Marvel movie. I, so, I, yeah. I, I kind of <laughs> want to see a Michael Bay Marvel movie just so I can see how much Michael Bay just isn't that <laughs> Do you really want to take down Marvel Studios that bad? Yeah. No, I, I think it would be so much fun to see Marvel Studios just saying like, okay Michael Bay, you take this one character and make a film. 
We're not going to go anywhere else with the franchise. <laughs> we just want to see you, you make do, this yeah. film. Because I think it would be everything Marvel isn't. It would also kind of be a training film. They would make future directors watch the film and say, don't do this. Now go and make the film, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would just be great. I, I would like yeah. to see the terrible Michael Bay version of a Marvel film just so we could see ah oh, they're never going to do this again <laughs> yeah well I mean technically since Marvel is now sold to Disney right Disney it yes. does own yeah yes, Marvel Disney Studios so I guess you could just have Michael Bay make a Disney in quotes film that's you know underlined right. by Marvel <laughs> one I, of the third studios in the yeah yeah I suppose yeah so so Marvel uh, you know kind of limits their damage <laughs> to their name true, true. <laughs> yeah alright how about we uh, get okay. to yeah, ratings I'm glad we got yeah I'm glad we got around to shitting on everybody there <laughs> we always got to bring Michael Bay into things alright I, I would say let's get to rating but I I think based it's on everything pointless. we just talked about yeah yeah, this, go see this film. That's yeah. the rating. <laughs> and go, if you haven't, why haven't you seen this film? Yeah, and it, this is. <laughs> and if you've seen it, why haven't you seen it three times? <laughs> go yeah, ahead. Th- this is definitely mm. one of my favorite comic book films. Period. Just because of how much fun it was. Yeah, and just as much fun the second time. Yeah, I saw it. It, and it's one of those things that I think is going to be in my ever fluctuating top ten, just because of the amount of fun they clearly had making it the amount of fun that you see on the mm-hmm. screen and just the fact that it's kind of like you should get Kevin Smith to write the dialogue for the film and this is almost what you'd come out with like yeah. this is just the perfect character film and that's what Marvel seemed to be good at doing and that's what I, I'm looking forward to seeing more yeah, of yeah I was so. extremely happy and extremely excited for when they return <laughs> since technically we really should give rating for uh, uh, I'm no, gonna say minus 0.3 just because of how much I loved the characters and how much fun I had like I, again in the future maybe it'll go down to minus point four, minus point four whatever. but right now just how much the high off of it yeah I would uh, and I would agree exactly with that yeah same right. for me <laughs> alright then so with that rather happy ending <laughs> I think that's probably it from us that takes care of it for me alright I've been Paul I've been Brian see ya bye